Hello and welcome to the Juan Juan podcast. If you're enjoying the show, consider signing up for the Patreon. There you get ad-free content, early access, exclusive episodes, and monthly supporter hangouts. You can find it at patreon.com slash the Juan on Juan podcast. If you don't like the subscription-based models, there are other ways of supporting the show that are linked in the description. Thank you for tuning in and enjoy this episode. They said it was forbidden. They said it was dangerous. They were right. Introducing the paranoid American homunculus owner's manual. Dive into the arcane, into the hidden corners of the occult. This isn't just a comic. It's a hidden tome of supernatural power. All original artwork illustrating the groundbreaking research of Juan Ayala, one of the only living homunculologists of our time. Learn how to summon your own homunculus, an enigma wrapped in the fabric of reality itself, their power at your fingertips, their existence, your secret. Explore the mysteries of the Aristotelian, the spiritual, the Paracelsian, the Crowleyan homunculus, ancient knowledge lost to time, now unearthed in this forbidden tale. This comic book holds truths not meant for the light of day, knowledge that was buried, feared, and shunned. Are you ready to uncover the hidden, the paranoid American homunculus owner's manual, not for the faint of heart? Available now from Paranoid American. Get your copy at tjojp.com or paranoidamerican.com today. Welcome to the One on One podcast with your host. Juan Ayala. episode of the juan on juan podcast your host as always make sure to follow the show on social media at the juan on juan podcast on most social media platforms instagram being the main one i am on x or twitter or whatever you'd like to refer to it as so check me out on those tjojp.com for links to everywhere you can listen to the show on there as well got a ko-fi patreon patreon.com slash the juan on juan podcast all that good stuff shout out to the youtube members as well and for those on the youtube if you want to get the most for your money sign up for the patreon because i have an extensive backlog of episodes on there probably I think it's, it is over 200 episodes, might be over 250 episodes that are only found on there because I did have my Patreon a lot longer than I have had my YouTube channel monetized. So that's always an option for those that want more of the show. I get emails constantly. Oh, why do you only release one episode a week or sometimes two? Well, just because if you want more of it, sign up for the Patreon. Appreciate you. 
And let's give a shout out to the newest patrons. Dino, Lynn, Eugene, Wayne, Q Smith. Thank you for upgrading to the $33 tier. Sussy Sassy. We have Mystic Mark, I guess, upgraded his tier. Adrian Martinez. Aaron Gayer. Sorry, bro. We have Kelsey Kramer. Christopher, thank you for that upgrade. Dusty True. John Wuna. Crystal. Paige Ulrich. Joe Ra. Swakiti. Vetpolian, thank you for that upgrade. Keaton and Fado82, thank you so much for signing up for the Patreon. For those that are not signed up, you're missing out. Make sure you there you get ad-free, get monthly live streams, weekly episodes, and exclusive episodes on there. Only going to be ever found on there, so make sure to check that out. And today we're going to be doing something a little bit different. It's going to be a bit of a wild card episode, and the reason for that being because I'm going to be going through the voicemails that a few of you left and I think I have 13 in total 13 or 14 voicemails and the interesting part about these is that I tried not to listen to any of them because I want to react live on air so but I did cheat okay so let me let me let me tell the truth I listened to one of them and we listened to one of them on the completion of the Falconelli Affair, which is a series, a weekly series I do with Mystic Mark. We did listen to one. That was kind of weird. I'm going to replay that here for you guys, for those that aren't signed up for the Patreon. But I did listen to that one. And I, the transcript on Google Voice, it's kind of wonky, but it gives you just enough of like what the, what the voicemail is about. Because what I want to do is I want to react live and I want to... Maybe look up some of the stuff that the person is talking about. If it's a question or whatever it is, a comment, all that stuff. I want to be able to look it up as we're going. Now, if this episode does pass the vibe check, you're going to hear it. If it doesn't and I scrap it or something, I don't know. I might just release it. Patrons only. I don't know. I'll, f- I'll figure it out. But if you're watching this, then then it passed. And real quick, let's read one of the five-star reviews on apple and i guess this guy really wanted me to read his so i'm gonna read it antithesis and he actually went and edited an old (laughs) review and and bumped it up so we have my guy five stars one has his finger on the pulse of the earnest pursuit of truth podcast niche great stuff he deaf talks about homunculi so much to distract from the fact that he's a homunculus juan is now reading five-star review so this is a mere edit in hopes he sees and reads it on the show it's exposing him to the world and addressing the mountains of evidence pointing to the undeniable fact he is a homunculus in all caps now our good friend here i can guarantee you i am not a homunculus or is that something that a homunculus would say in denial of being accused of being a homunculus Although I am head of homoncology and there are a few homoncologists in our field. So I don't know. But as far as I know, I'm not a homunculus. I merely 
I'm just studying this topic. And like I said before, it's not that I talk about homunculi all the time. It's that they come up on the research or things that are similar in a way to this phenomenon, this technology, if you will, because I do believe it is a form of technology that you're able to tap into. So yeah, so shout out to you. Thank you for that five star. And for those listening, make sure to leave a five star review. Make sure to comment, like, thumbs up, all that good stuff. Share the show with your family and friends. And if you want to call in for a chance at me playing your voicemail, I'll cut out those that are like dirty or something. I don't think there is any, but for a chance for me to read it and listen to it on air, 407-476-4606-407-476-4606. And let's get started here. The first one that I got, let's listen to it here. So we got a 903 number. Where's 903 from? 903 area code. That is northern, northeast. Eastern Texas. All right, so let's listen to this. See what happens. Hey Juan, Con, you know, coming back from court. Nothing crazy, just speeding. But uh, a couple episodes ago, uh, it's been more than a couple episodes ago. I noticed you uh, came out of the closet with all uh, flat Earth, and I was just wondering when you'd get uh, someone on there to really break it down and talk about it. Uh, you know, we got Witsit, uh, Witsit Gets It from YouTube. Uh, he's really good into, uh, science aspects of it. You know, he gets, uh, PhD physicians on there and fucking debates them or just talks about it openly. He's really good. And then you got, uh, Bro Sanchez, uh, TV and he gets down with, like, symbolism and stuff. Go to Two great channels. Thought you check them out. All right. Have a great day. So I think either he said his name was Con or he said Colin. Or like calling in. I don't know, but shout out to you, bro. Appreciate the voicemail. Now hopefully hopefully you're a successful badass lawyer and you're not having issues in court for whatever reason. Hopefully it's nothing bad. So shout out to you for that. And this, of course, this would be the first one that I play. And I probably should have clarified that comment. I know what which one you're talking about. I believe it was on Shadow Band Syndicate. Either the technology episode or the Nephilim episode. I don't I don't remember hundred percent. But I know what you're talking about now. That did come after watching the latest Hibbler movie. What was the name of it? Anyways, I think it's like Behind the Curve 2 or something or other. And what really got to me was the, the bubbles in space that ended up getting to me. Because I had never seen that before. I'd never seen the bubbles in space. Now, I'm not a flat-out flat-earther. Cause I don't, I don't, I've got my own reasons as to why I'm not like a full blown flat earther. I'm agnostic. I am 
shape of the earth fluid would be well i guess would that be like trans earth shape fluid fluid like is that, is that a thing i don't know but i'm not 100 percent on the globe i'm not 100 percent flat i do believe it is shape maybe it's what we want it to be i i the idea of space to me is not the traditional idea of space not anymore at least after doing hours and hours of research and reading certain topics on the occult space starts to become a sort of realm that you can tap into essentially and i believe that occultists are able to go there and use it for ceremonial purposes and even on the world stage that's why you have these launches like spacex with naming their rockets or large dicks that they shoot up into space they're phallus worshiping you know like was it dr evil with his dick shaped spacecraft whatever and right it's got 33 engines it's named artemis and the way it kind of looks like it's pushing up against something i do believe that they're probably going somewhere and they might be they might be doing some something they might be doing something who knows or it might all be fake and gay that's the whole thing about space it might all be fake and gay and let's hit the button because we gotta hit the button with the space it's fake and gay Space. There you go. That's from the AI. Is fake and gay. Letting it, letting us know that it's fake and gay. But the idea that we got children screaming here in the background. But the idea that space is used as a sort of altar, if you will. Now, my whole thing is. This is my personal opinion. We can talk about these topics. We can research these topics. A lot of the things that we talk about, especially in this community, are things that perhaps you don't have 100% solid proof of. For example, the homunculus. We don't have 100% proof of the homunculus. Right? We have stories. We have writings about this phenomenon. But I can't show you the homunculus that Paracelsus made in the 16th century. Although, recently we've had these, the news about these chimeras and these entities that they're creating in labs without a male or a female. And that's very interesting because, again, it might not be called a homunculus, but it's similar in nature to the homunculus. Therefore, maybe that's evidence that there was homunculi. Who knows? But the whole flat earth thing uh, to me is when people 100% go, oh, this is it. I've got it figured out. If you don't go through my way or the highway, you know, it's a my way or the highway type of thing. Very combative. Very. It's fine to be strong minded, right? All right. Family duty calls. Had to step out real quick. But yes, yeah, so as I was saying, a lot of people are strong, strong willed, hard headed, whatever. Point being that. The reason that we're in this community is because we got ideas pushed on, on us, right? Without wanting to. And the whole thing, we're not here to wake people up. That's not our job. We're here to present information, research, all these things. And people can make up their own minds. People are individuals. You know, people are, you know, if you're a man, you're a grown-ass man, you're a grown-ass woman. You know, put on your big boy pants, your big boy panty, your big girl panties, whatever. And make up your own mind. You don't have to have some dude, a, another grown-ass person, 
screaming in your face how he's right because he's got to figure it out. That's that's my whole thing with the flat earth community. Feels like they're really trying to shove it down your throats and beat you with it. And it's like, bro, we came from that. And that's what we're trying to combat. So with that said, I probably should have clarified myself when I did say that. And maybe I meant to say I came out of the closet with the concept of that there might be more than meets the eye, right? That there might be something. We know history is messed up. We know that they hide things from us all the time. We know it's been manipulated. We know all that. So, again, not 100% flat earth. I'm not down with the sickness 100%. But I am more open to different concepts. Like I always say, take me to the flat earth. Well, you, well, you can't. Well, done. you can zoom in to the boat with your nice camera. Okay, that's that's cool. But you can't take me to the flat earth. No, take me to hollow earth. That's a whole different conversation because you can go into caverns and caves and all that stuff within the earth. So we know that there's something happening there. So who knows? Anyways... That's what I meant by that, bro. Thank you for calling in. Thank you for leaving a voicemail. And let's move on to the next one. We've got an 831 area code. Who is this person? Where is this person coming calling from? Let's see here. Is this oh this is California? Yikes. Let's see what they say. This is a big fan of yours calling in, showing some love to the voicemail. Um, you know, hey, I know you're busy a lot. I just, you know, hey, I got an idea. So I want to hear a similar as you, un podcast en español de teorías conspiracy, like conspiracy theory. You know, there's, there's people in Mexico, there's people in Peru, you know, they're all kind of getting more and more into it, you know? Hey, John. So, yeah, what do you think about that? Anyways. Have a good day, man. Keep the podcast. Thank you for calling in, bro. I love all Mexicans. I love my Mexican brethren. And it's interesting because I'm actually in talks with someone. And we... Maybe I don't want to jump the gun, but all right. We're going to start a Spanish, a Spanglish conspiracy podcast and the reason that because i've been i get numerous emails on a month on a monthly basis at least one or two and the emails consist of hey you have the the two ends like hey i have hispanic family i want to share your show but i can't because they don't know english so if you could please start a spanish speaking podcast i would really appreciate it And then we have the other one that's like, hey, I'm already a fan. I speak Spanish as well. So could you please, if you could do a Spanish podcast, I'd tune into that. Now, the Hispanic realm, the Latino realm of the podcast, podcasting realm is way underserved. It's completely underserved. It's the wild, wild west and there really isn't anybody i mean i'm sure there's a there's a top podcast but and and, it, and the, for those who know i cuz i looked around who is the rogan of hispanic podcasts like spanish speaking podcasts who is that person cuz i want to know 
and I have friends who have Hispanic podcasts, but it's mostly comedy and things of that nature and talking about they don't talk about these sort of things. And I've been hesitant to start a Spanish speaking podcast because I don't feel that I can, although Spanish is my first language, I don't feel that I can do justice with these concepts that I talk about. I, I didn't right like conspiracy theories. I didn't even know how to say that. I had to ask a friend of mine to make sure I was saying it correctly. And I did have a call this week with somebody and we are going to be trying something out. And hey, I can try it out for a few months, for half a year, for a year, see where it goes. And who knows? That might that might be the golden ticket. But thank you, brother, for calling in because I am in the works and I will be giving the people what they want. But don't make fun of my Puerto Rican Spanish because it's a little ghetto. All right. So just just a heads up. But shout out to everyone in Mexico. And shout out to you, bro. Appreciate you calling in. But yes, we are in the works of that. And hopefully I don't jump the gun. But it's coming. It's coming real soon. Sooner than you think. All right. Next one. We have a Florida guy. And I believe this is the one that I listened to that I played on the Patreon episode. And we reacted to it because it's, it's kind of weird. It gets kind of spooky. All right. So here it is. Hey Juan, how you doing? Uh, my name is Victor, and I listen to your one-on-one podcast. And I just want to uh, call and leave a message because uh, I see that we're neighbors in the Central Floridian area, and I'm also Hispanic Puerto Rican as well. So I think it seems like culturally we might have a lot in common. Um, I'm originally from New Jersey, and I moved to the uh, Kissimmee, St. Cloud area uh, in around 2015. And ironically, around that time, um, Central Florida has woken me up to very crazy things. I mean, and the funny thing is that uh, when I came across your podcast and other podcasts, a lot of things that you guys talk about, I actually witnessed in uh, real time. I mean, from everything from like Illuminati stuff, gang stalking, um, shapeshifters. I, I have stories about um, uh, entities attacking me. I mean, I, I have a big testimony, but I, you know, I really just don't have anyone to talk to in the area because people might think I'm crazy. But uh, yeah, I, I, um, I'm currently dealing with um, like I, I think they're the jinn from the um, Islamic pantheon. Uh, I they attacked me. They've been attacking me since I was young, but now that I'm awake and I'm noticing, listening to gain more knowledge, I think that actually you just cut out. He starts talking about spirits and entities, and then he comes back here in a second. Testimony about that. Um, yeah, I don't know what else to say, but um, I hope I'm crazy, but yeah. Uh, thanks for your podcast, and um, if anything, the number that's here, or you can always email or anyone that wants to talk about, especially about um, possession or warfare, spiritual warfare, demon, gin possession, um, I definitely would uh, like to talk to somebody about that, uh, any advice. So I wasn't going to, on on the Patreon when I didn't play the whole thing, because he does give his information out, but I didn't hear this part. 
because I stopped it before here, but I guess Victor, bro, you might get some weird emails. All right. I'm going to play this. We got thousands of people tuning in. So if you, I'm not responsible for what you get. All right. <laughs> so for those that want to reach out, because let me, Victor, thank you for calling in. Really appreciate that. I'm going to talk about some of the things you said, but some people call me and some people sometimes email me now. This isn't to discourage people from reaching out to me, but a lot of people reach out to me to talk about their paranormal experiences and things of that nature to like come on the show. Now, my show isn't that kind of show, although I enjoy listening and reading about these experiences. I usually don't bring people on because my crowd, my crowd really isn't into I could be wrong. But usually when I put out like a paranormal episode or even a cryptid episode, doesn't do as well as the occult episode. So I don't know. Who knows? But yes, for those that you can still send in your stories, I'll play them and everything. But again, just keep in mind, you can reach out. Hey, reach out to Tony Merkel, bro. I'll hit up Merkel and he can have you on or something. Or, or again, he vets his stories, but he can have you on his show because he talks about all this sort of stuff. So here, I'm going to play his his email and. Yeah, for those that are interested in hitting him up, hit up Victor. Because it's something that I'm actually battling. Like, it's it's actually really real. Uh, my email is vjr0929 at gmail.com. Once again, it's vjr0929 at gmail.com. And if anybody needs to talk about all this craziness this life brings, I'm here. All right. God bless. All right, so that was either VJR0929 or VKR. It's probably VJR. Anyways, try both of them. Hit them up. And so here's the thing about Florida. So this is a fellow. Did he say he was Puerto Rican? Oh, Puerto, all right, fellow Puerto Rican. Welcome. Hello, sir. Thank you for calling in. And, of course, he's in the area I'm in. And here's the thing about Florida. And... Florida is a weird place, not because I live here, but there's a reason why the Florida man archetype collective egregore is a thing. And it's because there's something about the, there's something about that 28th parallel, which is where NASA is on SpaceX, Disney, all these places are along this 28th parallel. And the 28th degree of Templarism, of Templarism is the degree of the sun. Florida is the sunshine state. And it kind of does drive people. If, if you can't handle the energy, it will drive you crazy. I mean, that's why, again, we have the Florida man. Now, the interesting part about that is I've heard occultists and I've read about occultists in specific Peter Lavenda, where he, because I've heard people say before that Florida is the best for manifestation because of the water around it. We have water underneath of us. And we did do that episode on Old World Florida with the diver who unfortunately he passed away. He actually passed away in diving in a cave system and i can't recall his name right now but i'll bring it up here in a little bit we did that episode with him and underneath a lot of these neighborhoods and these communities 
it's just Swiss cheese, and underneath that, there are just water caves and water. And these dudes would go in there, and it was a, essentially another world. And the scary part about that is, if you really think about it, all the people who have ever fell into into sinkholes. <laughs> This is, this is what I think about sometimes laying in bed at night. These are the thoughts that run through my head. I'll be laying there and just think about it for one second. Just close your eyes with me. okay? And think about as you're laying down in your bed at night, if you're in Florida, there just might be, I don't know, let's say 20, 30 feet of rock before there is a hundred foot deep you know before you get to the ceiling of a hundred foot drop into a cavern or something how scary is that to think that your bed's here you got 30 or 40 feet of rock lime rock limestone whatever and then here is the top of a hundred foot drop that goes down to the bottom of a cave system now i'll post the link in the description for those that want to check out that episode that i did with narco longo and yeah let me look it up here real quick and actually did really well on his channel i got over i think close to 60 or seventy thousand views but the video is called damn when did we do this well we did this a while ago we did jan damn january 6th where did this year go? January 16th. Wow. What in the world? All right. So we did this January 16th. And the guest was Brett Hemphill. And unfortunately, he did pass away in a system, in a cave system in Florida. I, I saw it on the Facebook. And so watch that video. I'll post the link in the description. Let me write this down. Link for cave diving video and what's interesting about that is that he shows us like these places under under the ground exist and you can go there now a lot of people have gotten sucked up into these sinkholes never to be seen again yikes and usually I've noticed like the Bridgewater Triangle, the Michigan Triangle, the Bermuda Triangle. Whenever you have a triangle next to a body of, or a large body of land, there's usually high strangeness within that triangle. So we have the legends and the myths of the Bermuda Triangle. And you have, right, usually you have a swamp next to the triangle so you have the hakamak swamp next to the bridgewater whatever i hopefully i'm getting that right but anyways you get the point this idea of these large open areas of land our large open area of land being the florida everglades and kind of sort of powering maybe they're there in that area is where the we hear about the jinn right because our boy victor here is talking about the jinn being attacked by and bro get an exorcism or something dude. i don't know get an exorcist or get an exorcist or something to help you out don't be calling into the one-on-one podcast asking for 
possession advice. All right. Hit up Mark Stavish or somebody to talk to talk to him about that. But anyways, these large areas where the Jin live, where they say that's in the desert. And we have our large swamp area where we have the skunk ape. We have other, we have the, the Florida pig people, the, the squallies, which is like this race of half pig, half men, experimental homunculi type things where it was a mad scientist living at the edge of this conservation area. Who knows what he was doing in there. And we have Peter Lavenda talking about that. Florida is best for the manifesting and for the I forgot how he put it the worship of Cthulhu essentially or or Dagon because of the life that has been implanted in the lime rock the mangroves all these different concepts and that's why you see in a lot of burials these these mounds that the indigenous people have Perhaps that's why they use this the shell midden type of material. Because it does have life within it. Might be dead life, but there is some, still some sort of life in it. And maybe, that again, that powers up this thing. And for those that can't manage their... Because I hate... I'll be 100% honest. I hate... The only good thing about Miami... And I'm sorry for the people who live in Miami who... Who live there, who listen to the show. The only thing about the only good thing about Miami, in my opinion, is the fishing. If you like, if you've never been peacock bass fishing, you're missing out. It's really fun. So check that out. And the Everglades is a, is a magical place. I've 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 often said this before. The Everglades feels different. The air is different. Might be that Florida air, and might that might be what is is powering this Florida egregoric Florida man. We had the latest Grand Theft Auto. Is it six? I haven't played since like five, since like San Andreas or Vice City. I don't have time nowadays to really play video games because I'd rather use my free time to do research, but it's modeled after Florida and it had a lot of memes. Now, the interesting part about that is that does life imitate art? Because they put a lot of the things that we saw, like the, all these Florida memes within that game. So it's scary to think that how we've talked about the world. Was it the world, the sentient world simulation that they're running where they're mirroring everything in reality in this computer? Well, what if this is going to be the most expensive video game ever produced? And... Where'd they get all their ideas from? I mean, if from, from what we're seeing, they were their memes. Memetics is the spread of information. Memetic occultism is using propaganda to speak to the soul of people. So this game is going to be some sort of definitely attention mining, loose mining sort of thing. People are going to spend hours and hours in this virtual world. And maybe that might be a push for some more transhumanistic things of the the elite elite lizard people who knows but point being that florida does have something special about it i don't like being below that 28th parallel for some whatever reason get i get real lethargic and like tired and i just feel like a like a i'm already a lazy person because i'm puerto rican right because puerto ricans are are lazy 
And I just get that much lazier in Miami. Okay. So there is definitely something about that, Victor. It can either do you good and tune you in to this frequency or, or something, or it can flip you upside down and drive you insane. One of, one of the things that really got to me for a long time, I remember in 2012, was the Causeway Cannibal. Was it? Was that in 20 Causeway Cannibal? Let's look it up here. Miami. So the Miami Cannibal attack was May 20. This dude's alive. Oh my. I don't think I ever saw the. Yeah, I did see this picture. Yeah, so this dude. All right, they caught this on camera. It's the scariest part. This guy. So the Miami Cannibal attack. Rudy Eugene attacked and maimed Ronald Popo, a homeless man on the MacArthur Causeway in Miami during the 18 filmed encounter. He had a Eugene accused Popo of stealing his Bible, beat him unconscious, removed his pants and trousers and bit off most of Popo's face above his beard, including his left eye, leaving him blind in both eyes. I was just I just graduated high school when this had come out because I graduated May 18th or something like that. And they dubbed him Eugene. They dubbed him the Miami zombie or the Causeway cannibal. And I remember hearing about that story and just going like, what in the world? Can you imagine? Eating some like I don't know if he ingested it or not. I'm sure it's here. But biting someone's face off. They blamed it on bath salts for a long time. Although friends and family filled in details of Eugene's life, the reason for the attack remains unclear. Eugene, 31, employed at a car wash at the time, was divorced and had a series of petty criminal arrests from the age of 16, with the last in 2009. While police sources speculate that the use of a street drug called bath salts might have been a factor, experts express doubt since toxicology reports were only able to identify small amounts of marijuana in his system, leaving the ultimate cause of his behavior unknown. Well, let's talk about what our boy Victor here is talking about, these jinn, entities, spirits, Nephilim, whatever you want to call them, inhabiting people and taking over their their bodies and making them do weird stuff like that. Well, that's why it's unknown, the cause unknown, right? That could be a possibility because what drives a person to, you can say that about a lot of different things, but what drives a person to do something so bizarre and not even, right, you can, we have things happen every single day, but something so bizarre, attack type, cannibalistic, and I remember hearing about this and I was like, what in the world? So this is one of these things that could be attributed to, again, this Florida man archetype, this thing, this force that takes over people, makes them do weird, wacky things. Right? And I know mental health is another one, but there's a reason why we have Florida man. And then one of the things that I learned about when after I had 
heard this voicemail the first time, I, me being a person that I've been in Florida, I've done Florida and the occult episodes before because there is a lot of history. The Florida was the last frontier. You have all the Henrys, Henry, Henry Flagler, Henry Plant, Henry Ford, all the, all the Henrys attracted to Florida. Then you have Narco Longo's research where Florida could have been either Atlantis or the Garden of Eden. So there's something to that. You have the Bach Tower on the highest peninsula point in Florida. We've done episodes on all these things. But I looked up when I was contemplating on this voicemail. And I found this. Let me share my screen real quick. This article by this guy, Jeff Mesh. And it's a really bizarre case that I didn't know about. And there's there's some stuff on there's podcasts and stuff on it. But the hysteria high, how demons destroyed a Florida school, a true story, of witchcraft, possession and murder. And apparently there was this. I think it was an aeronautical school, an aviation type school in which. It's got so Miami Aerospace, so Aerospace Academy, Miami Aerospace Academy, a private military school in Little Havana, 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 where screaming students were said to be possessed by spirits. And another one of the things that that stood out to me was, in that I, I even asked my wife about this because she's from from Miami, that the hospital in Miami, at one point, was treating. Right here, so Miami Jackson's Memorial Hospital treated 700 demonic possessions a month. And that year, a nine-year-old girl stood up in a nearby church and said, I am Satan, in a voice that wasn't hers. Then just before Halloween in 1979, emergency dispatchers answered a chilling 911 call from a local school. And what it's got a whole lure to it. Might do an episode on it. Who knows? Maybe not. Look it up for yourself. But they were messing around with Ouija boards. The owners of the school were... They they appeared to be Santeros. They dressed in all white. Again, this was in the 70s. This article is from 79. And they were doing some sort of... I think it was hypnosis at one point in the school. And it just, there was like this mass hysteria that broke out one day. And they were talking about how this little boy jumped out a window, landed on a bus with like some crazy strength, kind of like screaming like a demon. It, It was just crazy. And I never heard about this, but again, reinforcing this idea. And this is from 79 that Florida has some sort of energy. That if you let it get to you, it'll it'll mess you up. You know what I mean? It'll mess you up. So our boy Victor here calling in, he said he's been dealing with this for a while now. Bruh. <laughs> you need to get some you need to get something done about that. You can't be having gin touching your butt at night, bro. 
you gotta gotta watch out for that but anyways might do an episode on on that thing might not who knows we'll see but very interesting the idea that florida does have some sort of energy i i believe it's true i do believe that florida has a rich history and who knows i mean it might might be a curse from all the from the genocide that they committed on the indigenous population and you had a lot of you had a lot of interesting ind- indigenous people. You had the Timakua, you had the the other groups. Anyways, yeah, ch- check out the episodes I've done about the Bog Tower and the Flagler and all that stuff. It's on the YouTube. But Victor, thank you for calling in, bro. Appreciate you listening to the show. I agree with you. Florida does it does wake people up. Now I'm not saying that from like a political perspective i'm saying that from a more supernatural type of way so who knows there's a reason why disney is here there's a reason why nasa is here there's a reason why spacex is here there's a reason for that so on to the next one here see what this person has to say got a 406 number uh, I wanted to call porque, uh, you know, uh, I've been watching a uh, one for a long time, man. I really like his show. Uh, he Cuban like me. He good, man. Uh, I, you know, uh, I just really like his show. I don't have much to say, pero porque I, I just wanted to give a shout out to one and the one on one Telegram chat, man. Thank you. Adios. I know who this is. All right. Let's, let's ignore this guy. Hello. Um, let's just say one knows me, and he's known me for quite some time. Don't want to out him or anything. But uh, <laughs> I just want to say I love this show. I feel like it's very inclusive for people like us in our community, if you get what I mean. And I feel like Juan is very open, if you get what I mean. So, uh, yeah, um, five stars all around, and uh, you guys take care. And uh, you too, one. Cal. Now, the reason I know this guy is trolling is because he called in. Bro, at least change your number. You know, he called in three, di- three, three separate times with three different. Hello. I just want to say that I've been listening to the show for quite some time. I'm also a 10th degree Thelemite. I'm in Astrim Regentum, a secretive order within the Order of Lima. I'll speak with Lam at least twice a week. And even he says he's a fan of the show. A shout out to Lam. That little knobhead likes your show. Anyway, name's Brian, and I'd just like to give a shout out and say uh, hello. Thank you. Shout out to Lamb, shout out to the Thelemites, and shout out Brian for that. Appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you to those, to all those tuning in from the Mob Zone or from Universe B or wherever you may be. All right. We got another one here, 503. Where is that? So that last one was from Montana, if that was even a real number. We got 503 area code. We got Portland. Yikes. All right. Hi. It's Project Cheney. Oh, it's Cheney. I'm calling because I have an idea 
about the homunculus, but not the homunculus. The fallen angels that slept with the daughters of man could have never been men, because if they slept with the daughters of man, they would have ripped them open, especially if they impregnated them with nephilim. But if the fallen were all women and all wombs, if they were all woo-man, then they could have slept with the sons of man and created the nephilim in a giant womb, in which case then certain men would want to figure out a way that they could make a little man, and that would be the homunculus. Just my thoughts. I love watching your show. I hope you're having a good Black Friday. White party at midnight. ChosenOne.com. It's easy to remember if you just sing along. ChosenOne.com. Go visit ChosenOne.com. The Chosen One. Yes, he is the Chosen One. He's got his own comic, and now he's got his own song. Cause he's the Chosen One. Yes, he is a chosen one. Go buy a copy at chosenone.com. Chosenone.com. Go visit chosenone.com. It's easy to remember if you just sing along. Chosenone.com. Go visit chosenone.com. Bye bye. What, bro? What are you talking about, man? <laughs> what in the world did I just listen to? Uh, shout out to Project Cheney introducing an interesting concept. Yikes. I don't even know what to say about that, but the whole Genesis story and the Watchers, the Nephilim, right? These incarnated spirits. It's interesting because the Nephilim are allegedly the ones who introduce alchemy to the daughters of men in exchange for sex with them. They taught them these secrets. Now, Cheney, this is the thing about these texts, and this is the thing about this realm of things, because there's multiple ways you can interpret it. Now, we're thinking about these huge giants with their huge dicks you know trying to put it into these women that are, were regular sized and maybe perhaps it wasn't let's say on on one timeline and on one level interpretation that was the case but let's say that was the case but the way i've always read that part that specific part about inserting themselves i think of that as a more how our boy victor possession more of a mind virus type of thing where they inserted themselves spiritually or metaphysically whatever it is and hear me out what if they got possessed by these entities right because this fits into the lore of the homunculus where the practitioner the creator becomes a demonic entity because the things that he is doing are blasphemous, are not of God. He is creating artificial life. He is creating a vessel for these entities. So, with that in mind, what if these Nephilim 
we we interpret it as sex because of the translations the wording that they use sometimes right there that's the problem with these translations there are numerous translations there are numerous versions of it so what if they took it from the original language it didn't have a word for whatever they were trying to say they're like, all right well they put themselves in there but what do they put themselves in there in a sort of fetishism way in a sort of a dwelling place for a spirit and it's interesting that they use the word fetish in the psychosexual way for that when it actually means the dwelling place of a spirit or entity so what if they inserted themselves and with them inserting themselves with these women interacting with these entities the this mind virus if you will they were illuminated they were enlightened to the knowledge of alchemy And through this knowledge of alchemy, they were able to then create the homunculus, which part of the lure of the homunculus is that it's a vessel for for anything, really. It's a, it's a vessel for anything. Now, that could be a demonic spirit. It can be an elemental spirit. It can be an angel. It can be whatever, an entity. But in this case, let's say that it was they did give birth to the homunculus through the use of alchemy on themselves. But the interesting part about that is that it is said that only male alchemists could create the homunculus. The reason for that being because the male has obviously the seed. But we know that homunculi, you don't just need... You could start mixing seeds, right? It could be a chimera of some sort. That's why these reports of these entities being created without male or female are really interesting because it just comes to show that there is a possibility. And let's say that these alchemists or whoever back then had access to something that resembled the same things that we have today and they were able to tap into that maybe once or twice. And that's why it wasn't able to be reproduced over and over again. But let's say that they were taught to mix these things together and create a homunculus within themselves that they gave birth to. We know that the there are a lot of virgin births throughout history. And it is a real phenomenon as well from what I've heard. Of I've, I've gotten emails, all right? Not, I'm not going to confirm that, but I've gotten emails about people who they say that there have been births that would be considered immaculate, all right? I haven't done any research into that, but that's just that's just what I've heard on the word on the esoteric streets. Right, a word on these occulted streets is that there is such a thing, and even on the astral plane, because again, we're talking about these things being physical. Well, what if they're not? What if they are metaphysical? And and what if the philosopher's stone is actually a breakthrough in space and time, sort of thing, where it's not a physical thing that you can touch and feel? What do these women were giving birth to these entities on the other side? on the astral plane on the in the mob zone in universe b or the garden of eden is essentially another dimension if you will so think about think of it in that sort of way but very interesting concept that cheney from project cheney here brought forth and i want to i like to play with that idea maybe they were taught right when they were taken over they gave birth to these homunculi these little men right these men of renown and the Nephilim inhabited those spirits, uh, th those those bodies, 
because part of the lure is that when a homunculus grows into old age, they become giants. They become mythical creatures. So there, there's definitely something, something there to be said about this phenomenon. I like that. I'll lock it. I'll lock it a lot. Thank you for calling in, Cheney. And I guess you have a Portland number. Get that changed to a 321 or 407, please, or whatever, wherever in Florida you got there going on, right? Let's get some, some Florida numbers. All right, next one up. Well, this one has nothing on it, so we'll see what happens here. All right. guess this person forgot how to talk and then we have another one here all right let's see what this is one this is rob wanks first time caller long time listener uh hey i i am calling to tell you about this very odd very odd experience i had while camping in the woods i live not too far from portland oregon and I like to go camping sometimes several days at a time. You see how that works? The last number that Cheney called from was from Portland, Oregon. And this person says that they're calling from Portland, Oregon. Just interest, interesting synchronicity. One night I was camping within sight of Mount Hood. I awoke to the noise of what sounded like a woman moaning. My campfire was still burning bright. The temperature was around freezing point. About two yards away from the campfire, I could see an enormous figure with what looked like four hairy legs and four hairy arms, an enormous L-shaped torso that seemed to be writhing and pulsing as it loudly moaned and grunted arms flailing about, pushing against a nearby tree. Suddenly, I heard a deafening bass-filled roar I then realized this was not one hairy being with four arms and four legs. It was two hairy Bigfoot creatures, one larger, and with an erect phallus, these Bigfoot were screwing in the glow of my campfire. I ran into my tent to grab my firearm, and when I looked back, they had both left, the air still thick with condensation from their warm, hulking breathing. I was astonished and felt complimented that the Bigfoot couple was aroused by my hospitable fire. I then went back to sleep and haven't told anyone but you, Juan. Thanks, buddy. Love your podcast. Buh bye All right. That buh bye at the end, I think, gave it away. I know who you are, Rob Wanks. You're not fooling anybody. But that sounded like... Terrence McKenna, that voice. So whoever whoever cloned that voice for whatever reason, I like it. I like it. I like it a little. Bye bye. Right. So interesting story there about two big big feet. How do you say what is the plural for Bigfoot? So plural form of Bigfoot is it big feet, Bigfoot? The plural of Bigfoot would be Bigfoots. Since the word Bigfoot is referring to the mystical, mythical beast rather than feet in general. All right, so Bigfoots, these Bigfoots, fucking on on the campgrounds in front of the fire. All right, interesting. All right, and for those, hey, if anyone's ever had an experience with Bigfoot, Bigfoots, 
fornicating on their in their campground, hit me up. Call in 407-476-4606. A real person this time, please. All right, next one. Yo, Juan. It's Rhonda. Yo. I am so happy to make contact with you via my voice because you don't even know me. I don't, but thank you for calling in, Rhonda. Now you could hear what I sound like. So you definitely have um, fired up my homunculus um, DNA, I guess. I had become, I was obsessed with the pickled punk several years ago. It was like 23 years old. It's so obsessed with it, in fact, that for Halloween, I dressed up as the bearded fat lady carrying around a pickled punk as part of my prop. (laughs) And people were asking, what is that? I'm like, pickled punk, what does that mean? It's an abortion in a jar. I mean, so I think that I was always obsessed with homunculus, but you put it into focus for me and I, I really appreciate that. It's like it's like getting a an enema that I didn't know I needed. And you know how I feel about the butt stuff. I love it. So I wish I could um be more funny on demand for you right now, but you know, talking about butt stuff and homunculus seems to cover most of the stuff you're into. But don't worry. I'll leave you many more messages in the near future. And thank you so much for being one of the smartest human beings to exist on this planet right now. You truly have a gift, and I love it. Thank you. I'm glad that's what some people think of the Juan Juan podcast, just homunculi, homunculus and butt stuff. That, that, that really sums the podcast up. <laughs> and okay let's see where where do we start here and thank you for letting us know Rhonda that you're into butt stuff just know thousands of people are gonna listen to this and they're gonna know now that you're into that kind of stuff so hopefully you're not creating some butt homunculi somewhere in some cavern somewhere a- anyways the pickled punks you you were the one that actually put me onto this and the pickled punks is an interesting one because essentially it is a either so let's look at the definition of pickled punks it's a carny term for human babies preserved in jars of preservatives such as formaldehyde which are used as a sideshow attraction most pickled punks display some sort of anatomical abnormality such as conjoined twins or poly Cephaly, what is that? Polycephaly, what is that? Is a condition of having more than one head. Okay. Poly, yeah, poly, multiple cephaly head. All right, yeah. However, the deformities present present are as varied as the nature of human afflictions. Faked pickled punks made from rubber or wax are known as bouncers for their tendency to bounce when dropped on the floor. And when I was researching this guy, I did do some researching into this and it's more, and the reason that we did do research for it on an episode was because project Cheney had also brought up this picture and it is of Leonardo DiCaprio 
with this pickled punk. Now, this pickled punk has a history. And it's an interesting history because it, it belongs to somebody in the entertainment industry, I guess. Some guy. And then there's pictures of this thing with somebody else. It's a whole rabbit hole that I'm not going to get into, but you can find it yourself. But we started with this, this thing here. Now, the idea of a pickled punk being, as you know me, I'm part of the, the occult thing, the homunculus thing. Part of the homunculus is that it is a talisman of some sorts that you can then extract things from its body parts, etc., etc. Use your imagination for magic. Excuse me, for magical purposes. So you use its body parts to obtain godlike powers, essentially. And the guy that started this idea of pickled punks. And I think this is one of my highlights. Yeah, it is one of my highlights. Cool. The practice of preserving, displaying prodigious, prodigious, how do you say that? Prodigious births is, a, is centuries old. In the 17th century, King Frederick, Frederick III of Denmark had a personal collection of punks numbering in the thousands. So, a king of Denmark and Norway had a collection numbering in the thousands of these things. A collection started in the 16th century by Frederick II. And during this, that same time frame, Ulysses Aldrovandi, an Italian naturalist, had a collection of 18,000 various specimens. During this time was, you had the cabinets of curiosities and you had these rooms that royalty... And this is the mainstream stuff. This is what they they tell you. These royalties had these rooms of curiosities. And they had little trinkets everywhere. And that's how you got the, the origins of the Ashmolean Museum as well. Where they would have the walls lined with various things. So the they were called cabinets of curiosity 16th century there were they had a name what's the name of it maybe okay so it was called the cabinets of curiosities Kunstkammer, which was of the rudolph the second was known for having one of these as well and so there were rooms where they would fill the walls with various things trinkets that they would travel around the world talismans just different Different things, right? They had the the horns of a nor a norwal, narwhal, narwhal, and they they said that was a unicorn. They had a whole bunch of things, and the idea was that this was a microcosm of what they liked, of things that they enjoyed. Okay, that's what they that's what they said that these elites had these collections because they liked the stuff. They liked to hoard stuff. That was it. Now, when you look at it from a magical perspective, from the occult, these things are talismans. And the pickled punk is a, is a disturbing one because the, the more, how do I word this? The more brutal the ends of, so we know sacrifices are a thing. And 
we have the physics of sacrifice. And we know that the elites, right, we have the whole Thurlock side conspiracy that we know about with the Clintons and all that stuff where the more brutal the death, the more powerful the effect. So take that in a magical way. The more savage the death, the power, the more powerful that talisman is. And that's the thing about these pickled punks where essentially they were, I believe, used as talismans. And there is darker lore behind that because my research led me into a more darker aspect of it, which I didn't talk about because it's it's going to get flagged on YouTube. It's going to get flagged because it's talking about dark stuff. But it's, use your imagination. They take person unalive them from the most horrific way and they kind of sort of capture that energy in a sort of talisman and they're able to transmute that energy and use it for their magical purposes not that hard i mean but again use your imagination when it comes to that and this pickled punk research led me down that rabbit hole and i ended up doing a whole bunch of research on it and i didn't end up using it but the fact that these kings were using or collecting these relics or or talismans, if you will, is indicative. Maybe they were superstitious and were like, the more dead babies you have, the more powerful you are, whatever it is, right? And think about it. And this is the thing about the occult. There's a globus crucifix right here. Yeah, nice. We have here Frederick III, who had thousands of these things. For those that think like, oh, maybe, maybe, maybe the elites aren't there. They don't use symbols and they don't do any of that stuff. Right. That's fine. But look at this picture. If you're on the YouTube, look at this picture. It's a grown ass man. Right. In some cosplay gear with a Globus Cruciger, a staff, a crown in the background. Right. This is a painting, but let's look up. Who's the... The King, King Charles. Here, let's, let's bring it into the more modern sense. King Charles. Look at these people. Okay, they dress up. They're, they're, they're LARPing. Even if you don't believe it. Look at these guys. Look, they dress up in their little attire with their robes and their little chairs and all this stuff. These are the, some of the most, well, what they say is some of the most powerful people in the world. Some of the most powerful people on the globe. The flat earth or the round earth, whatever you want to call it. Look at this. Quobus Grusiger. The staff. Crown. LARPing. So it's to these people, this is a thing. This is a ceremony. This is a ritual that they go to because it's symbolic to them of something. These things are all symbolic to them. They're passed down in these lineages. Look at this dude's fingers. You can't tell me this dude is not at least a at least a homunculus. All right, let's look at this this dude's fingers for a second. His little sausagey fingers. Let's see here. King Charles' fingers. Oh, let's look at them bad boys. Yeah, there you go. Imagine being caressed that night by these beautiful hands. <laughs> it's making me think of as a scary movie too. It's my strong. It's my strong hand. He's got the deformed little. Grab my strong hand. 
making the potatoes and the turkey and all that with his with his hand. Bruh. Sausagey, swollen little fingers just rubbing your back. Oh. Anyways, these dudes dress up. All right, they're not lizard people. They're not lizard people. They should be lizard people. Point being that these elites, there's an interest in these sort of things. And the pickled punk was one of those concepts where I'm like, damn. Now, it's not a homunculus per se, but let's say it was a homunculus because they're into alchemy. The Globus Cruciger is used in an alchemical sense as well. What if they did make these little homunculus? Boom, just throw them in these little jars. Y'all just use them for whatever. Interesting concept. Just, just pointing out the similarities. Shout out to Rhonda. I'm sorry for activating your homunculus DNA. All right. And thank you for calling in. For those that want to call in, 407-476-4606. We got a few more here that we're going to get through. All right. Next one. Hey, wait. How do I listen to other people's messages? I thought we could listen to other people's messages. I called because I wanted to listen to uh, other people leaving messages. I wasn't really ready to leave a message yet in the Weird AI narrator voice said, "Be leave a message. I guess this is my first message. This isn't really, you know, I would have planned better if, fuck. That was SB Alger. I had sent him the number to check out the AI voice guy that I got. And he thought that he was calling in to listen to the voicemails. But little did he know is that I need to do a show, an episode for him to be able to listen to these voicemails. And he's going to be able to listen to his voicemail that he left where he thought he was calling in to listen to the voicemails. But actually, he was leaving a voicemail in the process that he's only able to hear once he hears this episode. So shout out to USB. Thank you for calling, brother. And you can only listen to the voicemails if you tune into the one on one podcast. And if people leave voicemails. So on to the next one. This is a, a longer one. Let's see here. Hi, uh, my name is B R E uh, Bree, and um, I'm just calling because you're the first person I've ever heard of calling themselves a homocologist. <laughs> uh, never heard that term before. Um, so yeah, that's a term that was coined on this show. In the field of home oncology, I am the founder of that field. So just a heads up. Thank you for calling, Brie. Apparently, I've been doing this research holistically my whole life because I had a partial kundalini awakening at one point in time uh, where only half my body um, activated and then it went in kind of like a reverse uh, Something, something tricky happened there. Anyways, so it, you know, the research that you're doing, it creates time loops. And um, I just wanted to let you know that so that you could maybe prepare yourself for that. But uh, anyways, I'm sure you already have some ideas. If you want to look at my work, what I've done um, since social media started, um, I started trying to put up some of my poetry and then making collages. 
it's called Saturn's Anima. It's on Facebook. And now I have a YouTube channel. I also have two Instagram pages. You can find the links on my Facebook page. So you can just uh, take your time. <laughs> That's uh, kind of a joke. Um, yeah, so it goes uh, forwards and backwards and everything in between. We'll just we'll uh, we'll work together sometime. I I hope. <laughs> um, I appreciate what you all of you are doing. So thank you for being on my team. All right. Good night. Interesting. Time loop research. I have heard, I have heard that before. Now, I looked up Saturn's anima on time loop research. I've heard, I've tried looking it up here, and I can't find the Facebook page. Oh, I did. Okay, I found her. Found her. So Saturn's anima. Twenty. That's Brianna. Brianna Banana. So thank you for calling in, Brianna. I appreciate that. But yes, I did coin the term homuncology. It is the field of studying the homunculus phenomenon. Now, since then, a lot of people have have started doing their research as well into the phenomenon. And I've heard this before, this whole, maybe not time loop, but I have heard the concept of certain research opening up portals if you will when looking into works of either Kenneth Grant or I don't know if Austin knows Montspar but you know that, that that area of research does open up something I have come across that before which is an interesting concept because I do a lot of research in my area here and some people have even said, hey, dude, you probably opened up a portal here in your area. Probably have. Who knows? That's why I get sucked into these wormholes as I'm here, rabbit holes, whatever it may be, as you're doing research. And maybe that's the magic to the Juan on Juan podcast. That as I'm podcasting, I am in this other realm, if you will, in this other place. And maybe that is what helps elevate my consciousness to be able to keep up in these conversations and this research that I do. So interesting. Check out your stuff, Bree. Thank you for calling in. And thank you for planting that, that interesting concept. Yeah. Time loop research. Or research that triggers time loops. Hmm. I like it. I like it. I like it, loop. And I love how... Majority of these calls have been about homunculus. Is this is this what you guys? Am I a joke to you guys? All right, next one, final one is a long one. They're calling in from four o eight. Where is that at? Let's see here, four o eight area code. It's out. Is it California again? California, Sunnyvale, and Cupertino, Santa Cruz. All right, more California. A lot of people in California. Shout out to California. I would hate to live there, but shout out to you guys. Maybe this is this is the podcast that keeps you sane. Let's listen to this one before we get out of here. 
And hopefully this was a good episode. If you enjoyed it, let me know. If you enjoyed it, call in. Call in, leave a voicemail. I want to talk to you. I want to I want to talk about your message. Okay? So Yo, Juan. This is Juan John calling in. Just wanted to uh, Oh, another fellow Juan. Hello, sir. Welcome to the Juan on Juan podcast. And thank you for calling in. Something to the show that you just had on with uh, Ani. So, uh, going into the Donna's character there. For context, he's talking about episode 182, Hyperdimensional Warfare, The Physics of Darkness and Everlasting End Times with Ani Osaru. Shout out to Ani. Spiritual Shade Room. Go check him out. And go check out that video on YouTube or RSS feed. Madonna's character is important. It was written about one of the first poems by Shakespeare, which uh, is Adonis and Venus. It's a you know mythological character that's used symbolically to show uh, this underworld character rebooted. Uh, look up um, Jesus born in the Temple of Adonis, where they use caves just like they did with Mithra. Um, just showing that it's the same character as a Mithra, Jesus, uh, all these underworld characters are all connected. And they're referring to, and when you see signs and symbols in the world that show these characters about to show up or whatever, they're all reboots. And then this connects to Boetis or, you know, Boots area constellation where it's actually a factory for new universe or new world or new uh, physical things being made when there needs to be a reset done with physicality. And it's actually a warning if you look at all the constellations. You'll see that these underworld characters uh, uh, are across the, the galactic ecliptic and they represent how to navigate in these times when the reboot's going to happen. And if it gets bad enough, when there's a full cycle, and you get the Milky Way aligning with the summer solstice, it's your last warning before it eventually um, retrogrades or, or um, moves into the Leo gate. And the lion's gate is right before Otis. And what does the lion do? It's a predator and it will eat everything. So this is a time period where Vishnu wakes up. And the reason that that's tied in is if you look at Ashlesha, the nakshatra for Ashlesha is at the very beginning of the lion, of Leo. It's the last set of cancer, which is the summer solstice nakshatras. And... Ashlesha is the snake that's called the clinging snake or the the remainder. And it's the thing that's left over when Vishnu awakes. So when the story is about Vishnu, he's sleeping and he's dreaming us into this world. So when he awakes, it's all over. But the only thing that's remaining... Bro, did it cut you off? Come on. It's three minutes in. Damn, it was just getting juicy, bro. Juan John, you have to call back in, bro. You have to do an episode on this. 
You're spitting fire. You're spitting hot fire in the zone, and Google Voice just cuts the man off like that. What? The disrespect, son. All right. So some of the things that you're talking about is a very, very interesting concept. Now, relates to what I was saying earlier about the, right, the Nephilim and the idea of this knowledge or the, the possession. So you get possessed and then you're passed on this knowledge. But the other sort of way that you can look at it as, and this is something that I've been looking into recently, Philip K. Dick, Terrence McKenna, and all these other guys, even Burroughs in there. And I've done a couple episodes on it already about like these grammatical entities, but the logos being the living word of God and that sort of being a sort of virus. And that's why these groups, the Essenes, the Gnostics, they, that they were in contact with this, not they were in contact with these scrolls and knowledge, the living word. And they were sort of contaminated or taken over or infected with this logos virus, I guess, that once they were wiped out, once they were all killed off, they froze this knowledge in the Nagamati or the Dead Sea Scrolls, you know, this area there. And it lay dormant until it was discovered again. And then somehow once it was translated, all this knowledge was reintroduced into the ether and whoever interacts with it is, is tainted essentially with this virus and what the virus does it sort of pushes forth for the evolutionary what what philip kidd calls like the homoplasmate type of thing where it wants to push forward the evolutionary chain of humanity to like this next level and that's what these hermeticists and these alchemists and all these people were essentially trying to do with their experimentation it wasn't about the philosopher's stone it wasn't about all it's like it was about that and some but the whole concept was to 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 evolve and part of the alchemy lure is they wanted to evolve into the homo luminous to these light beings to be able to ascend to the other side so i'm thinking about all that and the reason how this relates to what our boy here juan john was talking about was because all these saviors that we're seeing you got Mithras, you got Jesus, you got Vishnu, Krishna, whoever, all these other guys, these these saviors throughout history, according to Philip K. Dick, they're part of this system that they get shot in, they get injected in to save humanity, essentially, to, right, like, the, like, not like, maybe like the white blood cells, I guess, that get sent in. I don't know if you guys ever watched Moses Jones. You got the pill, you got the other guy. And they're sent in to battle this thing, this virus. And it's just, again, just things that are developing. I'm going to be doing an episode soon on Valis. Very interesting book for those that, for those that want to learn about this and, and hear more about it. Check out Valis. It's heavy. It's, it's wild. But check it out. And, and Phil Kiddick covers a lot of the things that I just said about in a, in a way better schizophrenic way than I could ever but damn I can't believe the freaking and I talked to Ani about the boa tees or boots however you want to pronounce it that constellation and how there's a cold spot on it and essentially 
this cold spot is indicative of a parallel dimension, parallel universe. And what our boy Juan John here is getting to the concept of being able to, right? Because alchemy is about, in some senses, destroying an old world, birthing a new one. Well, let's say Mithras is coming out of the rock because he just finished destroying the world that he was in. He was birthed through the rock, so he's coming in to the the new universe he created while the other one is being destroyed. Right. Now, you got to tread lightly when it comes to this sort of talk. Because I'm not here to discredit Christianity, Jesus Christ, or none of that. I'm not talking about any of that. I'm talking about something completely different. But they get involved into this because they get that same line of thought wrapped into it. But I, I, I get what you're saying, Juan John. I don't know if I'm able to articulate what you're trying to say, but essentially a stockpile of universes. And that's maybe perhaps why these, or you have this thing here. This is really interesting. This whole, I mean, I'd want to, I mean, it's disrespectful, but I'm not going to say it, but it looks like something else. And it, it looks like you'd use that thing for something else. All right. Those for the, for those that know about like medieval stuff. All right. Anyways, the, and maybe that's why they use these caves. And damn, it's crazy. You know, you blew my mind, bro. I'm trying to process it all right now, real time. But it's just taking me to a whole whole bunch of different places. Jay Widener's and Vincent Bridges' book, The Great Cross of Hendai, where they decoded the Great Cross and they pointed at a cavern system in Peru. That essentially Falconelli, right? Little volcano, Falconelli. The the idea of these ca lava tubes in these volcanoes. We know that volcanoes are kind of like alchemical furnace, and there's a reason why why we have the all these Smith gods as well. Maybe perhaps volcanoes do something on a. I don't want to keep using alchemical level, but on on some sort of level where it, it creates. Not only does it create more land, because we know that islands and a lot of places are created with the lava right overflowing and forming a new land that's very fertile, but within these cave these these lava tubes, maybe perhaps some sort of magnetic anomaly with the lightning, all that power, a lot of energy is going into there, and it's opening up rifts in space and time in some sort of way. And people maybe perhaps knew about these areas and they were able to go there. And this is where they say that the great cross points to this either cave system to escape the apocalypse. Maybe another one of these areas that our boy John is talking about where you are able to, right? They stockpiled universe A, B, C, D, E, F, G, right? You got the idea of crash bandicoot. And I grew up with this, right? The, the first ever PlayStation game that I ever watched, that I ever played, when I when I got my first, was it a PlayStation? Yeah, PlayStation. It was a PlayStation. When my dad got home one time, surprised me with a PlayStation, it was Crash Bandicoot, the first ever game. 
And in Crash Bandicoot, you're this little Australian. I think he's a. The hell is he again? I we covered it on, on an episode on the Patreon, but he's like a little. Damn, what the hell is he? Anyways, he's like this little rodent. He's a mutated, mutated little rodent. We talked about it. But when you go to the levels, it would be these little numbers and you would go into the portal. You had to collect all these crystals and then, right, you go on and on. But there were secret portals and like all these little Easter eggs. But I grew up with this sort of stuff, like the little, this portal mentality. You go into it. What if, right, what our boy's talking about? It's uh, these elites that they like their little caves. They like the little rituals in their little caves. What if part of that was to birth these new realities into existence? All right. And, and, and take all the astrological mumbo jumbo that I don't understand. That's why it's mumbo jumbo to me into account. Now, I've mentioned before, maybe this is just one level of interpretation of this concept. And that's why Bree is telling us about this time loop research that once you do this sort of, once you interact with this knowledge, you open up the floodgates that cannot be stopped. Right now, that's on a metaphysical level. That's on a physical level. Who knows? But I'm here for all of it. And that's what I love about this sort of topics that we cover. Right? So stockpiling universes. Yikes. That's crazy. But yeah, when I was introduced, Slick Dissident had talked to me about the the super void that that I covered with Ani. And again, there's sometimes when you're doing research, some things don't click. Because you're not in the right mindset to be able to to understand what's going on. And Slick had introduced this to me a while back. And we covered some of it, some of this cipher in one of the latest episodes for members. Let me pull it up here. Where we talk about the alchemical gate of Rome. And... On there, we we cover, you know, we talk Falconelli. We talk about all these guys, and we really try and get to the bottom of this. Essentially, as a cipher, but it is dopamine deep dive number one, and we're locked. Whoopsies, alchemical. So. We have dopamine deep dive portal alchemical magical doorway to other dimensions where it's a almost three hour episode where we talk about the these elites these kings these emperors had these alchemical doors right they had series of alchemical doors with these weird symbols and perhaps what if they were able to animate them through a certain knowledge to be able to pass in through them similar to what our boy john is saying what if this is a concept that's really interesting to me there's a reason ceremonial magic is a thing, even if it is LARPing, even if it is putting yourself in some sort of state of mind, if you will. But you've you've given me a lot to chew on. I'm going to process this. And thank you for all those calling in. Thank you. This was a lot of fun. Let me know what you think. I think it passed the vibe check. I don't know. Let me know what you think of this 
sort of episode if you like it and it's free flow it's gonna be dependent on whatever people call in with once i have enough of these voicemails stocked up how we did today i will be able to construct an episode around it so for those that want to call in 407-476-4606 tell me a story tell me about your research tell me anything if it's not dirty i'll play it on the show and yeah just fun make sure to check out the show on all social media platforms at the one-on-one podcast tjojp.com all that good stuff hopefully you enjoy this let me know what you think let me know if you like these if you don't like these if they're worth it if they're not worth it am i just doing for patrons who knows this is fun tjojp.com patreon.com slash the one-on-one podcast monkeyless owner's manual make sure to get your copy Kofi.com slash TJOJP. It's Ko K O F uh it's dash hyphen, right? F I so K O dash F I dot com slash TJ OJP. There you go. All links down below. And as always, everyone, hope you have a great holidays. Stay safe this Christmas season. Love each other. Love your family. Don't be a piece of shit. And as always, everyone, I'll see you on the other side.